Pastor John. Thank you, Dave. Say thank you, team, but not yet. Because I was just, I was knee deep in a creek yesterday, digging out some filthy weeds and it stank. Um, But as we were just worshipping then and as we were talking about the pipes that need to be cleared out, there's a few people in that group that work in a hospital, so I wonder where that came from in that girls' chat. But as I was in the creek yesterday, I was just thinking, someone said, after all this, we're just going to need a good good flood to come through. Not one that gets the building, but one that just clears out the rest of the gunk. Um, and it reminded me that I've got work to do to keep my heart clean. There's, there's things in my flesh that I have to dig out and I have to take time to like get my elbows in, get a little bit dirty. I was filthy up to here yesterday. It was disgusting. But God asks us to put to death the flesh but then He also sends His Spirit to pour through and clean out the stuff that we can't do. So God, as we spend time in Your Word this morning, I just pray You help us uh, identify those little gross things that we can just start pulling out. Maybe it's a habit we've formed. Maybe it's a behaviour we're choosing. Maybe it's um, a place that we're going to or something that we're looking at. Just pray that You help us identify those things that we can pull them out. God, but we also pray for Your holy anointing, the power of Your presence to come and pour and flow through us, um, that we would just be made clean and that there'd be fresh waters that pour out of all of us. In Your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, team. You can all be seated until I call you back. I thought I might make you stay up the whole time accidentally because I could and they are a very obedient team as we learnt last week when we got thrown back into things unplanned. We just do what we're asked to do. Um, but they are. They're a beautifully servant-hearted team, as are all of you guys. We've rocking up to the working bee yesterday. It's just good old fun. I got to dig holes and climb trees, which are two of my favourite things to do. So I was a very happy Emily. I'm going to open my phone. Can we get a little light on the people as well? I like to see your beautiful faces. Perfectly timed. Let there be light. Well, let me get myself organised. I've decided to try and preach from a phone and my Bible today. Uh, the Bible, the better of the two arrangements. Uh, but normally I have reams of paper and Pastor Bruce says, hmm, might have too many notes there, Emily. And I think probably do. So uh, I'm trusting the word that God has given me. That is not complicated, uh, but quite simple. So I'm going to put my phone in aeroplane mode so that I don't get... Software updates trying to happen while I'm doing this. Um, so we have been looking through the Gospels, of, the Gospel of John, and I am up to chapters 9 and chapters 10. So John 9 and 10, um, and we're talking about the theme of being sent, which I love that idea of getting sent somewhere, going to do something. There's action behind our faith. We don't just come and sit in a comfy chair on a Sunday and then just do whatever we want in our week. We're actually called to do something and go somewhere. Um, And I believe each and every one of you here has a different place that you are getting sent to. Um, But let me read from John 9. Let's just get into the Bible because that's a good place to start. I'm not going to get very far though. John 9 chapter 1 said, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. And it got me wondering, who do you walk past on an everyday basis? Jesus was just walking through the synagogue, doing his thing, And he saw a man who was blind. That man had been sitting there for 30 odd years. But who do you walk past on a daily basis? Who do you have the opportunity to see in your life? Who have you walked past lately that you were able to do something with? 
uh, Pastor John said it earlier, and I scribbled it down, so I'm writing that down, is that we're actually called to get out of our own world and into the world of others. And so I can even think about sometimes this week, I, I don't know, is this one? I was a raging at some roadworks and a corner at, at work this week. So I left home at my normal time, went down Hawthorne Dean Drive, my usual sneaky right-hand turn was cut off because of roadworks, and then I got further up and the traffic was backed up to like, if you know the corner that goes up to Blackwood, it's a pain in the butt at the best of times. And I got to that corner and it was literally lined up back the roundabout, back past the tennis courts. And I was like, ah, I am not getting to work in a timely fashion today. I was actually a little bit annoyed and ragey and finally got to work. And I could have just been in go, go, go mode, head down, get there. But we've been talking about timing as part of the scent. Um, and the timing could not have been better this day because um, I actually bumped into a work colleague who's going through a really tough time and just got to give her a hug. And I got to be a little bit of light in her day. I knew this was going to happen, so I'm in the middle of it. But like, I could have just been go, go, go in my day head down, got to get done what I got to get done, ragey out the roadworks. So I literally was stopped on my track and I was like, thank you, God, for the stupid roadworks. Because if I had not been delayed by 20 minutes, no chance I would have seen this friend. No moment we would have just crossed paths in the stairwell and been able to have that moment together, which was really, I believe, a really pivotal moment um, for both of us this week and what she's going through. So who have you walked past lately that you've just been in go, go, go mode, and forgotten to look up and be reminded that this life is actually about others. I hate getting like people that fly past me on the freeway and you're like hooning and they're ducking and they're dodging. But what I do love is when I get to the lights at the end of the freeway and they're just at the same place as I am. And I'm like, <laughs> sucker, you were going fast, you were in speed mode, you were not looking at what was happening and you didn't get any further ahead. And I think often in life we can be like that. We can just be in head down go mode, but we actually don't get anywhere any faster, and there's all these opportunities that we miss along the way to be sent into the world and to do what Jesus has called us to do. Imagine if Jesus had just kept walking past this blind man. So as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sins or sins of his parents? And Jesus said, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Even that might be enough for someone this morning. The things that you're dealing with are not because you've done anything wrong. They're not because your family have done wrong. Sometimes they're just there, but they're a powerful opportunity for God to be seen in our lives. So if you're feeling guilty, or you're feeling locked, it's not your fault and you haven't done anything wrong and God can work in any situation. And this is a verse that I love. Is Jesus says, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. Jesus is so aware that his purpose is to carry out the tasks of the one who sent him. There's not to like, I don't know, like he had a purpose, he had a point. It wasn't to become a preacher, it wasn't to get on a certain team, it wasn't to fulfill a certain goal. His, his goal and his purpose was to bring light into people's worlds. If we jump gospel to Luke, uh, same story, different tellers, but... Um, Jesus says this, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me not to speak well, not to succeed in my career, not to do all of these things. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me 
to be hope to the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, and preach to the prisoners. Jesus goes on to be a bit weird. His miracles are odd. He spits on the ground, gets some mud, and then puts it on the man's eye, and he says, go to this uh, pool of Siloam, which actually also means sent. There's a lot of sending going on here in John 9. So Jesus was sent to do what he was sent to do, to see the blind man, to do what he had to do, to send him to do what he had to do. And the pool that he sent him to was called sent. So Pastor Bruce was like, look out for sent motives in your chapters. I was like, ah, great, thank you. All there, all in front of me. But that goes back to the things that we can do and the things that we're sent to do. They come with an action. But we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. So what are you sent to do? Do you think about what you're sent to do in the day? Or are you just head down, worrying about yourself, worrying about your own business and missing the opportunities God has? Jesus goes on to heal this man. He has sight for the first time in 30 years, which I don't know if you've ever seen those YouTube or Facebook videos where someone hears for the first time. And like I'm a, I'm a blubbering mess when I see that stuff. Um, but he gives this man sight. He makes him whole again. But Jesus doesn't just care about our physical sight. He goes on to talk about how he's actually sight to the blind is bringing revelation, bringing light, bringing purpose and hope into people's worlds. That's what we get to do. John 17 verse 18 uh, is our theme kind of across the whole year, which is Jesus said, I have sent them as you've sent me. So if you're looking for what God has sent you to do, I think looking to Jesus's life and how he acted is a great way to work it out. Jesus was sent to bring hope to the poor, freedom to the brokenhearted, new eyes to the blind, preach to the captives. And then he has said he sent us to do the very same. So what are you doing in your week that brings light? I believe he has sent us to bring light into people's worlds. Light is not just like rainbows and sunshines and happiness. It is that, but light also illuminates things that are hidden Light warms um, and brings heat and life. Um, Light can sometimes be blinding and it sometimes can expose stuff that we aren't ready to deal with, but God does that gently. And I think he calls us to also sometimes do that gently to people. Um, We were talking about the gifts of the Spirit on Monday night uh, and one of the kind of categories is around the gift of revelation, which is discernment and um, being able to see things kind of beyond what they actually are. And so I know for myself, uh, sometimes that bringing light to situations is actually um, being able to hear from God and go, hang on, I see this is what's happening, but I think perhaps there's something more to it. And being able to, I've had a client at work, if I think of it in that setting, um, and he'd had a fairly rough incident that left him with a concussion. Um, And I remember we were working through some things and he was all about these, can't remember, can't do this, can't control physical parts of his body. Um, But I just remember feeling more and more like there was more to it. Um, And for me in that place, being able to actually gently work with him to call out what was probably more trauma and anxiety and um, holding on to something that happened in the past, he wasn't ready to let it go. Um, And I, that was a bold moment because I'm like, I'm wearing my OT hat. I work in a rehab hospital. But actually for me, it was just this sense that I can hear from God and he sometimes prompts me with things that maybe aren't just 
there for the naked eye to see. Um, but that's a gracious thing that we do when we call the best out of people and help people see the things that might be holding them back. Sometimes it is as simple as a name and a message for me. Um, hearing from God and being light might just be a sense in my day to send someone a text message. Um, and to, like, it can be anything from an idea to just a, you're awesome, I love you, go well. Um, and they just land at the right time. So I figure it's God. And if it's not God, I never mind getting a text message of encouragement, so it's worth it anyway. Um, but there was one that comes to mind recently where I just go, my small bits of obedience, my say yes to things, my following of that random thought that sort of isn't really random, but it feels like it, is able to unlock things in other people's lives if I obey it and if I follow through. And so I was hanging out with a friend, even this friend, like we've been friends for years and I, she's the kind of friend that when I met her, I was like, we will be friends. And if I decide that about you, sorry, you've got no option. We will be friends and I will make it happen. Uh, I love her. She's the best. And um, so I've known her for many years. I've known her before her kids, after her kids. Um, and she's quite happy with me sharing this story. Um, but I went around to their place for dinner the other night and learnt that her daughter um, has lots of sensory issues. Um, she's um, somewhere on the autism Asperger's spectrum and she's getting help with that. And for the last three years, every night has been a wrestle with socks. Like every night they practice putting socks on. Um, and this beautiful little girl just will wear her shoes with no socks. She will not go near them. She will scream and panic and tantrum. Um, but she really wants to wear her socks because she wants to Irish dance and she has to wear her socks to Irish dance. So I was just in the midst of their world one night while sock practice was happening. And I think we do. We need to position ourselves in people's worlds. We need to look out for people. We need to actually be available to people. So I was just sitting in the bedroom watching sock practice happen. Um, and it was pretty full on. Like I'm sitting there going, oh, if this is what you're doing every night and have been doing for every night for the last three years, I feel you. And as I left, I just got the little, just text Emma. Because Pastor Emma's a paediatric OT, has done so for many years. And I just thought, I don't know. So I'm pretty sure my text was just hot tips for kids that don't want to wear socks. Something like that. Nothing deep, profound, nothing that took me a lot of time or a lot of energy. And I think you text back maybe three random options that for you as well, you weren't necessarily, you didn't get on your knees and pray about them and seek the Lord. And they were just using what you have. And I text them off four hours. Oh my goodness, it was worth it because I sent this text message back to my friend with these options in it. And I didn't hear, she's like, cool, thanks. We'll try tried that and I'll try some things. And then we had dinner again in about three weeks and she's just run up to me and given me the biggest hug because something in that text message they'd been trying. And for the first time in three years, her daughter was wearing socks to school. She was like, by July, it's amazing. Like by July, I'm going to be wearing my socks for Irish dancing. This is like a five, six-year-old girl who has just had her world flipped around and can wear her socks but, but, and do her dancing. I I'm not even going to try an Irish dance. <laughs> um, and I cannot wait to see her Irish dance. But it feels so simple and it feels like that could just be a coincidence. Um, but even like messaging my friend, 
was like, this is what I want to share, and this is why I want to share it, because I don't think that that's a coincidence that I was there at that time, that I know Pastor Emma, that she's an... Like, none of this is coincidence. This is what I believe God does. He brings light to situations. He gives us uh, insights. He gives us little nudges that help us move in the right direction, to be in the right place at the right time, to bring light to people, if we would obey, if we would listen. I have also been disobedient in these things. And I sort of find it funny that chapter 10 goes on to talk about the sheep and we get called sheep. Because I've been watching some things about sheep lately and sheep are an interesting bunch. So I'm just going to let the screen do the talking. If you can roll that video. A few days later, having eaten everything in their new field, the sheeps needed to be moved again. This is a drone with a dog barking. And this time you're I discovered that sheep are not only the most sickly animals in the world, they're also the most disobedient. They're just ignoring it now, look. Look at the look right above you. Dog! Arr, fierce dog. And then, for no reason I could fathom. No! Don't do that! Oh! Bobby. The honeymoon was clearly over. Uh, how good a sheep. I've watched that like way too many times and I find it hilarious. Because uh, he's just like, I'm talking to you. Wouldn't you, are you nope, not listening. Nope, no, nothing. Uh, no, you're going to jump out of the pen now. Great. And that is not the only things the sheep do. But I find it ironic that God talks of talks about us as sheep because I certainly can relate to being the person that just sends herself over the fence because she doesn't want to deal with what she's just been instructed to do like I mean last night great example went to the shops walked up behind someone that I've known for a very long time uh, but haven't seen in many years decided to do one of these and get my basket from over here because I was like I don't really want to open a conversation I don't, it's just me isn't it is that just me <laughs> that good great just me um on my own there. I am not the most obedient sheep all the time. I remember a time where, um, also at the supermarket, so maybe I need to just learn to listen to God a bit better there. Online shopping, just avoid, avoid. No, I was at the supermarket uh, many years ago and was behind um, a young mum who was juggling her kids and her groceries and trying to work out what she could take back to the shelves because she didn't have enough to pay for the groceries. And I remember standing there being like, pay for her. And I was like, okay. I was like, just pay for her. And I didn't. I, I stood there trapped in fear, in disobedience. I felt um, nervous. I thought, what will people think of me? Um, they'll obviously think I'm a crazy hooligan who's a terrible person by paying for someone. But I remember just hearing God's voice and choosing not to do anything about it. And now that lady's not going to, you know, be lost forever and because I didn't respond but that could have been such an opportunity to bring some light into her world with all of these examples you know none of them have been me praying a salvation prayer over my friends or you know but there've been moments to speak into people's world to bring light and to bring hope and to bring purpose and to bring change so are you often like the sheep jumping over the fence when we're asked to go somewhere? 
or are you ready to respond to God's voice and just maybe try and do what he says? It, does, it can be scary, but it doesn't have to be scary. And often the more you do it, the more you realise that his purpose and plan is outworked in the small little actions of followers who have got their eyes up and they're ready to interact with other people. Um, I was listening to a podcast by Pastor John Mark Comer um, and it was around prayer and listening to God's voice. And he said it really simply was make it your ambition that every time you have a prompting from God that you think just might be him, go for it. Call the friend that you think you're supposed to call or go back and offer something to that stranger. Whatever it may be, is it not worth giving it a shot? I might get the team up while we're there. So for me, sometimes it is that simple. It's not a complex message. It's not like a three-way. Jesus he like spat in dirt and put saliva on someone's eye one time. I'm pretty sure he healed someone else by poking them in the ear um, and spitting on something else. But he had no formula. It wasn't like a perfect must do it this way. And so this message is not one that is a, if you do this and then this and this, this will bring light into people's worlds or you've got to put these batteries in the light first and then it'll work. But it's one of looking out for other people. It's one of being interruptible, but also instructable in that. I was interruptible in the supermarket, but at that point I wasn't necessarily instructable. Um, and I wish I had been, and I probably should start shopping in the normal supermarket aisles as opposed to the self-serve in the hope that maybe that opportunity presents itself again. Because I know what I'd do this time, um, and I would do it differently. But God also, he's a good shepherd. He doesn't just kick us out of the sheep, she- sheep shed. The, I don't know, paddock. It's a paddock, isn't it? The pen. I've just watched about farming. I should know these things. I'm a, clearly a professional now. Um, but he doesn't kick us out. He's actually the gate into the paddock and he is also our shepherd so as you think about where you're at today and you can close your eyes you can take a moment wherever you need to be my first thought is have you let him be your gate have you actually let him open up the entry to the paddock to step through those sheep in there are already in the paddock they're they're part of the gang they're just not listening at the moment But has he been your gate? And have you entered into his call for your life, his plan for you, his salvation is what we would call it? Because it's actually as simple as that. Pastor John said he's the way, the truth and the life. And so this morning, if that's you, you can come and chat to me afterwards. You can stick a hand up boldly now, whatever works for you. But it's as simple as walking up to the gate who is Jesus and saying, I want in, I'm all for it. Maybe you're in the sheep pen, but you're a little bit of a disobedient sheep sometimes. Or maybe you've got complacent and just happy to hang in the pack, but have forgotten to look out for people. That's where I think he describes himself as both the good sheep at the gate and the good shepherd. Because once we're in, it's not just a sit on your laurels and have a party. It's actually letting him lead you and guide you It's listening to the little prompts in the back of your mind. It's saying, yes, I'll send a text message to that friend. Yes, I'll go back and talk to that stranger. Yes, I'll pay for that person's petrol. And yes, I'll tell them why I'm doing this if they ask. Do you know what? I'm bold and I'm courageous. And a key ingredient to that is the Holy Spirit. Mum talked about the Holy Spirit like a hamburger. Because you can't have just the bun. You can't have just the burger. You can't just have the cheese. You need all of the ingredients. 
And so to try and do life without the Holy Spirit, uh, I read is, is, it's not just hard, it's impossible. And so the Holy Spirit is the one that guides us and prompts us, but will you let Him in? So let me pray for us this morning. God, I just, I thank You that Your presence has been with us. I thank You that You are the way, the truth and the life, that we can enter in freely into Your paddocks. Um, But we also thank You that You guide us and You shepherd us, that You show us the way, that You prompt us and that You help us lead people into light places. So God, as we are just spending some time in Your presence, I pray that You speak to us. Maybe it's a questioning of yourself. What is something that I know God has spoken to me recently that I can obey today? Who is that friend I can call? Who is that person that I can interrupt their day and let them interrupt mine? What is it that I can do today to practice following the prompt of my Good Shepherd? So God, be with us. Bless us. Continue to interrupt our day. Teach us to obey you. Help us be the light of the world. Uh, and bring light into people's lives in whatever way you want to do. We're open to you. We're going to stand and we're going to continue to worship. If you do want anything prayed for, if you want to respond to every, anything, everything, all of the above, I'm happy to hang down. Some of our team will hang down here. If you just need to spend some time on the altar and just listen out for God's voice for those things, it's a great place to hear about that friend, that person, that relationship that you've been positioned, that you've been sent into that world. I've been sent for my workmates in the stairwell. You've been sent for different people. I can't get to every stairwell out there. So who are the places and where are the places that you walk that you can see people and bring a light? Let's worship. Thanks, team.